In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Lord be with you. A warm welcome to our Sunday celebration of Mass, and today the Church celebrates the fifth Sunday of Easter. In the Gospel reading of today's Mass, we hear that quiet reassurance that Jesus gives to his disciples and apostles uh, that he's going ahead of them to prepare a place in the Father's house in which there are many rooms. The Mass uh, today is especially offered uh, for the repose of the soul of Charles Hume, who died in, on the 8th of May, and we especially send our assurance of our prayers uh, for him today at this Mass uh, to his wife, Anne, uh, of 61 years, and to his daughter, uh, Louise, daughters Louise and Angela as well. The Mass itself is requested uh, by David and Joanne McFadden uh, in Australia, who are joining us uh, today uh, uh, with, at, uh, at the Mass itself. Uh, so we especially welcome them too, uh, David, Joanne and of course Isabel. To begin the Mass and to offer the Mass more worthily, we first call to mind our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have great, greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. And may Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy.
let us pray. Almighty ever-living God, constantly accomplish the Paschal mystery within us, that those you are pleased to make new in holy baptism may, under your protective care, bear much fruit, and come to the joy of life eternal. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God for ever and ever. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. About this time, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenists made a complaint against the Hebrews. In the daily distribution, their own widows were being overlooked. So the twelve called a full meeting of the disciples and addressed them. It would not be right for us to neglect the word of God so as to give out food. You brothers must select from among yourselves seven men of good reputation, filled with the Spirit and with wisdom. We will hand over this duty to them and continue to devote ourselves to prayer and to the service of the Word. The whole assembly approved of the, the proposal and elected Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, together with Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas of Antioch, a convert to Judaism. He presented these to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. The word of the Lord continued to spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem was greatly increased and a large group of priests made their submission to the faith. The word of the Lord. reading from the first letter of St Peter. The Lord is the living stone, rejected by men and women, but chosen by God and precious to him. Set yourselves close to him so that you too, 
the holy priesthood that offers the spiritual sacrifices which make Jesus Christ, which Jesus Christ has made acceptable to God, may be living stones making a spiritual house. As scripture says, See how I lay in Zion a precious cornerstone that I have chosen, and the one who rests his trust on it will not be disappointed. That means that for you who are believers, it is precious. But for unbelievers, the stone rejected by the builders has proved to be the keystone. A stone to stumble over, a rock to bring men and women down. And they stumble over it because they do not believe in the word. It was the fate in store for them. But you, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a consecrated nation, a people set apart to sing the praises of God who called you out of darkness into his own wonderful light. The Word of the Lord. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. And Jesus said to his disciples, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God still, and trust in me. There are many rooms in my Father's house. If there were not, I should have told you. I am going now to prepare a place for you, and after I have gone and prepared your place, I shall return to take you with me, so that where I am, you may be too. You know the way to the place where I am going. And Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you are going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And if you know me, you know my Father too. And from this moment, you know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, let us see the Father, and then we shall be satisfied. Have I been with you all this time, Philip, said Jesus to him, and you still do not know me. To have seen me is to have seen the Father. So how can you say, let us see the Father? Do you not believe? But I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. The words I say to you, I do not speak as from myself. It is the Father living in me who is doing this work. You must believe when I say that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Believe it on the evidence of this work, if for no other reason. I tell you most solemnly, Whoever believes in me will perform the same works as I do myself, and will perform even greater works, 
because I am going to the Father. The Gospel of the Lord. In the 1980s and the 1990s, the Archbishop of Chicago was a man called Joseph Bernadine. He was an exceptional man in many ways, wise, kind, generous and an exceptionally good bishop. He was very influential not only in the church but also in the United States in promoting social justice issues and in opposition to the armaments industry especially the proliferation of nuclear weapons in the United States of America. Out of the blue, he contracted a form of cancer from which there was no cure. His life then he knew would be counted in months rather than years. And although still Archbishop, he handed over his duties to others and made himself chaplain to the sick in the remaining time that was left to him. In those months, he cooperated with an author in writing a book about his life. It was simply called The Gift of Peace. In it, he gives some insights into his life, his varied life through many years. He faced a bogus claim of abuse, and now he was facing the last months and weeks of his life. He recounts in the book the answer that he gave to someone who asked him what he thought that heaven itself would be like. And he explained it like this. His parents had been immigrants who had come from a poor village in Italy to the United States of America. And his parents had longed to return to the village, but were too poor to be able to go back again. In their house from early childhood, their parents had retained a suitcase which was filled with old pictures of the village and their relatives. The pictures themselves showed the entrance to the village, the streets, the buildings, the cemetery, the church, the surrounding countryside and the places where different people lived and faces of people who lived there. At regular intervals, the Archbishop himself says, his parents took out the suitcase and spoke warmly about the place that had once been their home, the people that they loved, that they'd left behind. It became so familiar to them as a family. Sometime later, as a priest, he was able to visit that village and to fulfil the desire his parents had not been able to realise. And as he entered the village for the first time, he had felt the feeling that this was not a strange place, but he knew it like the back of his hand, from the pictures, the streets, the buildings, the church, and even the faces of the people. He felt as if he had walked here, breathed the air, heard the bells of the church, knew the faces, heard the talk, it was all so familiar. The Archbishop himself said he believed that heaven would be like this. It would be like going home, going to somewhere which we had known all our life, 
And when we get to that place, it would not be foreign to us, but familiar to us. And the faces would be faces that we have known. We would arrive not as strangers, but as children who had come home again. Today, Jesus speaks to his disciples about the same thing that the Archbishop himself tried to explain, namely heaven itself. And he uses the image of a house in which there are many rooms, rooms aplenty. The Father's house, a Father's house, which is open and welcome and hospitable. A home in which we arrive not as strangers, but as family to this household. This is what he says heaven will be like. All are welcome, all are invited to stay, all can be part of the household, all are never strangers in this place. No one, as we know, has ever come back to tell us exactly what heaven is like. We have, of course, those great mystics of the church who have claimed to have visions, to have a glimpse of things beyond the veil. We have great artists too, who have pictures, sometimes terrifying pictures, that speak more of the time in which they lived than maybe actually how heaven might turn out to be. The truth, of course, is that we don't know what heaven looks like. Is it a place? Is it an existence? Is it anything that we can describe in earthly terms? Who goes there? What do you do? How do you get there? What do you do to get there? Will some be excluded? How do we try to explain it, maybe to people of our own time, so that it might make some sense? To understand, I think, heaven itself, everything must start from the loving God. The same loving God desires always only our good. He wants everyone to be saved and none to be lost. He wants everyone to come to this home in which there are not a few rooms, but rooms that are many and rooms for all. It's his wish that all be saved and none be lost. And it's his will that he should risk even the life of his own son, that all should be saved and none be lost. Heaven itself then starts from this conviction, that is, the desire of God himself, that at the end of our earthly journey, that we be with him, truly with him, and that in the final judgment, that we should all be gathered together and sat down with him. There are metaphors and images, of course, that abound in the scriptures. People gathered together, people sat down at table, people who are invited to be part of a household, a place of green fields and loving waters. Not strangers or aliens, not guests, but people who belong to this place. And all these great images strain to convey to us what heaven will be like in earthly times, in earthly terms, for our earthly mind. 
But it's the place where God, our loving God, is. It's the place where the loving God wishes us to be. It's the place where providence itself, the providence of God, charts a route for us to go. He gives us the map. He gives us how to get there. He gives us the compass to guide us. He gives us the person, his own divine son, to be the way, the truth and the life. God wishes that none be lost and all be saved. And he tells us this in the great parables. What he wishes is that not one single sheep be lost, not the smallest coin be lost, not even a squandered a son who has squandered everything be lost, that nothing be lost, no one be lost. For it's the very reason why he sends his own divine son into the world. Heaven is a place where the love of God is. It's the place not for people who have passed a difficult exam, who have done enough to get there. It's a place where the loving God is and the loving God who wishes us to be with him. That fine Archbishop in the United States, uh, Archbishop Bernardine, imagined it to be like the picture that his parents had shown him when he was a child. And once he arrived there, he knew it. It was exactly what he'd been told about it. He knew the place, recognised the faces that surrounded them. This is what heaven would be like for him. May those winding paths then of our own life come to this destination of heaven itself, where the loving God waits us, waits in us, where the loving God has drawn us to him, where the loving God provident, providentially guides our path to him. Can his salvific will ever be frustrated that all should be saved and none be lost? Would he ever pay this high price of the sacrifice of his own son without wishing us through it to be saved and none to be lost? This is the end of the journey. There is a destination for all of us to which we are all travelling. There is a safe harbour and fair winds will fill our sails to guide us towards it. We have the map. We have the compass. We have the one who will guide us to this place who calls himself the way, the truth and the life. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, consubstantial with the Father, through him all things were made. For us men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate to the Virgin Mary, 
and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried, and rose again on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. We pray with great confidence to our Heavenly Father for all our needs. For those who are suffering from the virus throughout the world, that doctors and nurses and carers may save their life. Lord, hear us. For countries that struggle to provide proper medical care to people who have fallen ill under the virus, that other nations will do all that they can to help them at this time. Lord, hear us. For the many people suffering from mental health problems and who in this time feel more anxious, for peace and troubled times, for calmness, Lord hear us. For the ability not to lose sight of heaven and the love of God as the place in which we are all travelling towards, Lord hear us. For those with other illnesses other than the virus, that they may get the help that they need to be well again. Lord, hear us. For all who have died, and all that we are asked to remember. Heavenly Father, we ask you to listen to our prayers, which we make today with ever-growing confidence, through Christ our Lord.
and pray, dear brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice endures may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. O God, who by this wonderful exchange effected in the sacrifice have made us sharers in the one supreme Godhead, grant, we pray, that as we have come to know your truth, we may make it ours by a worthy way of life, through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It's truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, at all times to acclaim you, Lord, but above all to laud you yet more gloriously when Christ our Passover has been sacrificed. He is the true Lamb, who has taken away the sins of the world. By dying he has destroyed our death, and by rising restored our life. Therefore, overcome with paschal joy, every land, every people exults in your praise, and even the heavenly powers with the angelic hosts sing together the unending hymn of your glory as they acclaim. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it. For this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more, giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The Mystery of Faith Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation. 
giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that sharing in the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world. Bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis our Pope, Joseph our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember your servant Charles, whom you have called from this world to yourself. Grant that he who was united with your son in a death like his may also be one with him in his resurrection. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face and have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Joseph, her spouse, the blessed apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be coerced to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours for ever and ever. We pray with confidence to God our Father in the prayer that Jesus has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may always be free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not in our sins, but in the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity, in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. Peace of the Lord be with you always. Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed.
Let us pray. Graciously be present to your people, we pray, O Lord, and lead those you have imbued with heavenly mysteries to pass from former ways to newness of life. We ask this through Christ our Lord. And we continue to ask Mary's special protection for us in these days. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy. Hail our life, our sweetness and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send forth sighs, mourning and weeping in this veil of tears. Turn then, most gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us, and after this our exile show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. Pray for us, O most holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. And we especially remember Charles in our prayers, and we say together, Eternal rest, grant unto him, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon him. May he rest in peace, and may his soul and the souls of all the faithful departed, through the mercy of God, rest in peace. Amen. I send our very best wishes uh, to David and Joanne and the other end of the world in Australia. Uh, and we thank them today for having this Mass offered, uh, especially for, for Charles. Uh, we send, uh, of course, them our best wishes, David and Joanne and Isabella as well too. Uh, and I know that you'll be very much united uh, in your hearts and minds uh, with the family, even although you, you can't physically be present in these days. So God bless both of you. God bless the three of you. The Lord be with you. And may Almighty God bless you. The Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go forth. The Mass is ended.